Petri Dish is a product of Petri Dish Media, all rights reserved. Petri Dish is a science comedy podcast and should not be used as medical advice. Do not get medical advice from a podcast. And therefore, as a free man, I take pride in the words, Ich bin ein Science! Science! Yes. I know the human being and science, science. can just peacefully. This was their finest. Today's episode is brought to you by Omeo. Omeo is a travel booking platform that makes planning a journey in Europe and North America effortless. Just enter your travel details and Omeo will magically give you all the train, bus, flight, and ferry options for your journey. It's never been simpler to book your first real vacation for 2021. Best of all, using Omeo saves you time and money. That's a win-win in our books. Omeo wants to help you leave your house this summer by offering 5% off your next booking. Just head to omeo.com and use the code LISTENA5 at checkout. Valid until June 30th for new users on all modes of transport. It's just the pick-me-up 2021 needs. Omeo. Plan, book, and love the journey. Terms and conditions apply. I love cloning. I'm so tired, and then I think about cloning, and it like enlivens me. You know, Stacy, stop recording. Oh wow, are <laughs> you like confessions? Are you engorged right now? Yeah, dude, this is my engorge monologue. This is an audio medium, and that's good. Right? The people can't see what I'm doing. Let's do this sometime where you haven't just scarfed down a gigantic burrito. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold okay. on, balls. You need to talk us in. All right. Hi guys, welcome to Petri Dish. I'm Nathan. I'm Sean. So if you joined us last week, you know we're talking about cloning. (laughs) (laughs) Cloning the most evil of all sciences. You make an army. Holy shit. Uh, But yeah, so we kind of talked about cloning, a few practical questions about cloning. But what we have to dive into today is more like um, something that makes both Sean and I very uncomfortable. The ethics of cloning, the reasons behind cloning, to clone or not to clone. Right, right. So in part one, we talked about how to clone. Yes. And in part two, we're going to say, like, why clone at all? Why clone? Right? <laughs> Which I why think clone? is actually a pretty fair question, despite the fact that I think some of the whys are behind, you know, things that really popularized cloning in the public. Things like Jurassic Park and, like, right. Woolly Mammoths and shit, right? Right. Those are both why reasons. Right. But I think it bears a little bit of a closer look to see, like, what what are the potential reasons for cloning and then right. what are the potential reasons for like hey maybe like seriously never clone <laughs> yeah really don't need to yeah so right. let's go ahead and let's talk about all of that stuff Okay, Sean, let's start with the hot take. Let's go for the really, the hottest subject. Get it out of the way. Yep. They hit the top of the tongue with the Szechuan peppercorn. Yep. Should we clone humans? Why? What are the reasons people have for cloning humans? Right. So here are some of the reasons that I found listed for why people may want to do the reproductive cloning of right. humans. Gallup poll. One, for infertile couples who wish to have a child that is genetically identical with one of them. 
or with another nucleus donor. Gross. Okay, so, so that's hot take for us, number one. <laughs> Not infertility. That's totally fine. I love Hank Hill, you know? Sure. Yeah, sure. yeah. But, yeah. but that's gross to want an identical you, you know? Well, you know, I think <laughs> the idea of, like, raising another you. It's a perturbing. In in current society, yeah. <laughs> that's like broadly uncomfortable. Right, feeling, but in aphid right? society, totally kosher. Well, I, it's just you know we don't know. We don't know in yeah. the future. Maybe people are going to be super yeah. chill with this idea. It's a whole faction in Endless Space Two called the Horatio. That's just like a bunch of clones of an evil billionaire named Horatio. <laughs> well, it's pretty funny. So there might be people besides infertile couples who wish to have a child that is genetically identical with one of them right. or with another nucleus donor. Yeah. Okay. For reasons that like, we don't need to get egotistical into. reasons or like hey you know what like maybe you and i yeah. want to have a child that is genetically identical to albert einstein okay ah, all right all right okay so maybe that's some of that like, juice just like that we want to do right sometime in the future okay all right do we force him to also look like alfred like do we force him to grow a mustache and like have oh, oh hair? like to go through the same yeah because like what if he way? just has some hipster haircut it's not gonna look that much like albert einstein like we need right it's right like, like the a, hair and the mustache yeah yeah i don't know i don't know maybe yeah. we would just like as he's growing up we just slowly like, try sort to of, condition like, him yeah okay to like that sort of thing okay cool we might have to like truman show kind of raise him in like a very specific environment are we married in this context Absolutely. Like, what's our relationship? I, I'm only going to have a child with someone I'm married to. Can you? Oh. <laughs> anyway, parents who have lost a child right. and wish to have another genetically identical child. Boy, that's... So sort of like round two. That's still... Oof, man, I, that makes it's my... dark. Yeah, that's churning, churning stomach. <laughs> There's something going on there. Yeah. Or the last option, people who need a transplant or plan on needing a transplant right. in the future... Or want to be able to treat their own child's disease with right. a transplant. Right. There's a lot of movies about this. And want to be able to collect genetically identical tissue from a cloned uh, human. So maybe the roughest one. <laughs> that that we one's kinda went downhill. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes, yes, we did. Well, I don't know if it's dumb. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's dumb with just the advances we're doing in organ stuff, though, right? I mean, like, we might be able to just, like, print an organ in the near future. And so what's the point of going through all the effort of, like, raising this kid? Uh, you might not need to raise the kid, but you might want to do therapeutic cloning to have a genetically identical set of cells. Oh, well, that doesn't sound that bad then, right? Wait, do you still have to have, like, a fetus and baby and everything? Uh, depends. Okay, so, <laughs> so like, probably I, still a little gross. There's There are ethical things going on here. Anyway, so to be honest, given the current success rate of SCNT, the, like, the really somatic well, cell nuclear transplant, yeah. Not a high success rate. And sometimes pretty bad health problems of some of the animal clones that we've seen Right, what's the point of cloning something for organs that just fucking poops out? Right. We're pretty far away from having to deal with whether any of these are good enough ideas to actually warrant being done. Right, because they're bad ideas also, just for good measure, right? (laughs) They're all pretty rough. I think... I mean, come on. (laughs) Your bus telling you, too. You know, like our butt senses are tingling. Yeah, whatever sort of atrophied sense of ethics I have inside of me, like, they're definitely... They're going off right now. Uh, Are they... Is your... Are your ethics withered? 
Of course. Well, let my love open the door. <laughs> let me just like sausage you, don't dude. Get, don't let get, me get in you there. juice, man. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't. You know when you do, you pull like a Frank out of a New York hot don't. dog place that's dripping? Let me get some of that juice. <laughs> and let me rub your ethics down, man. All of this imagery. <laughs> my meat's my is meat juice, so dude. fucked up. <laughs> rub up your ethics, don't, bro. Don't do any of this. Okay, well anyway. So okay, so so luckily all those ethical things, we're not going to dive into some huge debate about it, even though Sean and I, I think, I think we're kind of on the same page a little bit. Yeah. They're, eh, 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 I don't know. Right. Bro, yeah. To put right. a fine point on it, I don't think any of these sound like convincingly good right. ideas to actually do this thing. But also kind of irrelevant for anywhere within our generation. Yeah. I don't think we're going to be ready to do this. I don't think cloning is prime time enough right. for people to be willing to go through the process of actually trying to do it. Right. Okay. Uh, for humans, anyway. So, the real juice about whether to clone or not to clone is not really about human cloning. That's speculative, fun times, bad idea stuff. Right, exactly. Um, so, the real juice, then, is not humans, it's animals. Mm-hmm. So, what's some preliminary reasons for cloning animals? Right. So, one kind of set of reasons for cloning animals surrounds uh, livestock, basically. Right, okay? right, right. We so- don't have enough things to kill right now. <laughs> We need more, damn it. Well, we already perform selective breeding on livestock to try to promote certain favorable characteristics in the yeah, animals, Yeah, like right? thicker d- on horses. Absolutely. And, you know, like, <laughs> good muscle tone. I hope Stacey saves me from that one in editing. <laughs> Are you going to beep dicks? It's just gonna be like... <laughs> Keep it in. <laughs> um... Uh, good muscle tone on animals that we eat, or like yeah, good like horses. Egg produ- <laughs> <laughs> good egg production in chickens and so on. Horses. So, what if to kind of complement those breeding programs, we also cloned the best livestock? Right. Okay. So there'd probably still be breeding programs to try to improve traits and right. everything, right? Right. But once you find like really successful animals clone that are that really bitch. great, you can clone them and then have a bunch of them to have more opportunities to breed them. Although we, we still kind of run into the problem of just the fact that like cloning is a, I mean, energy is the wrong word, but it's a cost inefficient way to do this, right? As opposed to just fucking a lot of cows. And then like, even though you're still kind of pundit squaring the traits, you're still just, uh, you can economy of scale it so much more, can't you? Yeah, I mean, depending on the livestock, selective breeding is not always, like, the world's easiest thing. I mean, we've gotten pretty good at it over time. Right, but, like, we are, we're talking about rarer breeds. Right, and, you know, I mean, we might get better at cloning over time as well, right? Right. So, like, and it really depends on how rare an animal we're talking about, right? Like, the thin-necked blue ostrich cock. Right, it's a very rare lamb. <laughs> you know? oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Is that it's a, lamb? a different etymology of ostrich. <laughs> um, so, so there are some bulls, for example. Oh, uh, yeah. Our, our uncle was talking about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, we were just in Oklahoma, and our uncle said, "Okay, so the bull still has the balls, but sometimes you tie a little rope around the balls, and they fall off, and that becomes the steer." Yes. Yeah, there Great. you go. You're welcome. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> but the bull, which still has its balls, <laughs> bull. can be sold for a lot of money if it has yeah, a lot of great characteristics, yeah. right? Like thousands and thousands of dollars. Mm. And so you can imagine like some of those like real primo bulls or yeah. whatever, right? If you could get a little bit of cloning going on and yeah. have, you know, whatever, like 50 of that same bull, yeah. maybe there is a way where like the economics of that could actually work out. So that's kind of like my pitch for livestock. Yes. But... We can also do things like kind of engineer genetically mm. those livestock, right? Does so, it? What does engineering in this way sound like? It's like, or it's like, 
Like, what is it? What's the sound of engineering a, a life form? Uh, if we're talking about genetic engineering, yeah. I think it's kind of got more of like an electron, like a bzz, bzz kind of ah, sound. Because okay. you're taking cells and you're trying to get the CRISPR Cas9 in there, right? Oh. That, that whole thing. Okay. And if you're trying to CRISPR cells, a lot of times you electroprate them. So okay. you give them a little bit there of a. You give them a little bit of a. Bzz okay, so engineering. Bzz, 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 what yes. are we engineering? Right. So you could do things like, uh, let's say you take cow cells, okay? And you try to engineer those cow cells so that a couple of their proteins are the human version of those proteins. My like, God. Like uh, casein. Yeah. And whey. Yeah. Oh, I, I love human whey. Well, yeah, and it's, it's hard rare. to get right it's now. It's rare. <laughs> you got to know somebody. <laughs> yeah. yeah you you got to have that primo connection to Cambodia <laughs> or something like that. Cambodia <laughs> yeah. So. That's a Dave Chappelle reference. Yes, everyone, please. Yeah. Understand that's a reference. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So. What that would mean then is that if this cow, if you had these cow cells that were successfully engineered in that way. Yes. And then you were able to take those nuclei and pop them into the oocyte and do the SCNT and eventually get a cow. Yes. That cow's milk may be sort of uh, less likely to cause food allergies to babies. Oh, interesting. Okay, because there are many, many babies that have allergies to cow milk. Interesting, but we got that mama good mama milk. And that milk, no allergies. <laughs> yeah. Two of the major allergens yeah. in cow's milk is casein and whey. Sounds like a rap song, doesn't it? Mama whey, mama whey. Not, maybe not a rap song. You think that's a rap song? <laughs> mama whey, today. All day, baby, yeah, today. Whoa, mama whey. <laughs> this isn't working. <laughs> that is not working. <laughs> God. Okay. Um, so you can imagine that you could use that process to try to swap things out get rid of things and maybe make a lot of foods i can imagine i can imagine it i am right now less allergenic yeah yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> it's in there oh my god <laughs> holy shit yeah okay so technically this sort of principle doesn't actually have to be limited to livestock though. yeah okay there's a lot of species out there that are endangered to the point where their biodiversity is pretty seriously fucked up right like cheetah yeah or wolverines right no 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 wait wait no Tasmanian devils. Yeah, Tasmanian devils are pretty close to each other. That's why they have that face cancer thing. They're fucked up. So these genetic bottleneck events yeah. can kind of reduce sort of the genetic diversity in that population. Yes. And maybe we could do things with a little bit of genetic engineering and then a little bit of SCNT. Yeah. Be able to kind of increase the biodiversity in their species. Okay. I mean, do we want that? What? Like, I mean, maybe that's the wrong question. Maybe that's stupid, but like... I mean, like, do we really, I mean, it's kind of, it's I, it's not the lion's fault that they're dying off, but like, do we really need to biodiversity them again and have a more biodiverse population of lions? Is that like a worthwhile thing to do for its ecological niche or something? You know, I mean. Oh, yeah. I mean, maybe it's arguable that not every single species needs to be saved. Right, for we're ecosystem. talking about Simba. <laughs> I mean, we got to save that bitch. The, there are a lot of species that do kind of sit in an important niche and like you know we right. talked about the uh, ecosystem engineers in a way previous episode yeah and so those kinds of species losing them can mean ecosystems seriously get fucked up and you lose biodiversity from like a bunch of different species right so you can see like a lot of things go extinct if one species goes extinct so trying to bolster that species and kind of help it be more adaptive and stick around could right. be useful like rats in new york <laughs> just fall apart <laughs> the whole place <laughs> what would people complain about anymore nothing to eat <laughs> god <laughs> my pizza <laughs> i've gotten the rat cheese 
<laughs> is this good? <laughs> My mozzarella. There's no rat I can't, I can't tell if this is working. Uh, All right. All right. Let's take a break. Okay, cool. And then when we come back, let's talk about a little bit more of what cloning can be used in terms of like biodiversity. Okay. I got to cool off. Woo! Woo! Time. Time is passing. Time is relative. But not for you. You're running out of time. Plan your funeral today with Prudential Life Insurance. So I think um, the ugly elephant in the corner of the room, right? Mm. With a little dunce hat on it. No yeah. one puts elephant in the corner. Okay. I think the elephant in the corner is like Jurassic Park. Right, we like made some new ass species by like taking some old dinosaur ass shit and putting some frog ass shit in there. Can we make new species to increase our biodiversity? Yeah, sure. <laughs> like like Jurassic Park. That that is that is kind of a way to get into the next topic. Sure. Yeah. 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 So, in the process of trying to help out biodiversity, as you know, you were saying, mixing together genes from other species kind of doesn't really necessarily keep that the same species right right? like you're not exactly making more cheetah it's kind of making something kind of a hybrid kind of a ship problem yeah but even worse because it's just different well it kind of depends on what your idea of a species is in the first place right which in biology is a pretty tenuous definition like for me it's two things that can yeah but like also like it right because you could like a deer and a mouse or something but they don't like it Okay. Right, right. But like, you know, even though Doberman and a Minpin is like like different sizes, they like it. Right? So that counts as the same species. This is this is rough. It's pretty good, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's my that's my definition of species. Well, let's uh let's run that one up the ladder. They f- with consent. Let's take that to the UN or something, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's going to bring in robots. Let's get, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Let's get that one approved right away. <laughs> Mac and PC will computers because they like the f- right? Oh, man. Not a calculator. <laughs> and an AI rice cooker. I think we need Diamond Joe Biden to sign <laughs> off on that one. Okay. So, as we mentioned last time, to perform cloning, you need to have eggs that you can kind of kick the DNA out of. Yes. Right? And then you need to put in a nucleus from a different source. Yeah. Right? And if you're talking about an endangered species that maybe we're trying to save or something, we don't really have, like, a ton of eggs laying around to be able to do this process. So you might get the nucleus from that endangered species, but you might need to stick that into an enucleated oocyte from some other species. So, like, literally right from the get-go, you might be making a kind of hybrid thing. And to make that nucleus from the endangered species work in the egg you just shoved it into might require genetic engineering or something. So, like, in order for this to work at all, even for endangered species, it might mean genetically changing that species some. Which does bring up this sort of definitional problem of, like, are we really saving them or are we just changing them to be something else? Yeah. Uh, and does that matter at all, right? right? Like, if, if at the end of the day we're saving something. So, you know, we might need to shove in some extra things to, like, make them more survivable or to increase the biodiversity. So it's really hard to say whether or not we can do any kind of cloning to save endangered species that wouldn't actually change them. Right. And so, yeah, I don't know. So it's just kind of a human vanity. 
Well, I mean... You just kind of want to have this type of cheetah again. It makes us sad that they're gone. Well, I don't know if it's only human vanity, but I think more to the point, it brings into the light that there is a definitional problem for what we mean when we say things like saving from extinction and stuff like that. Right, right. Because we might just be creating a new thing to survive through. Right. Like, you know. It's like your classic Frankenstein-style parables. Is this really that past life or some Frankenburger of a creature that we nuked from the beyond, right? Was that what Frankenstein was about? <laughs> uh, the Shelley original or the... <laughs> did, I, did I read that book wrong? <laughs> okay. okay. So, so in a sort of related and strange and kind of freaky vein, there have been some really early experiments mostly in China, sure. in creating chimeras of humans and chimpanzees. Where besides China, I think is the more interesting question. I don't think it's been done anywhere besides China. Uh, okay. Actually, come to think of it. <laughs> I, think, I think there have been papers written in a lot of other countries about like... Hypothetically. It's like, should we do this? Maybe not. And you know China I mean? just kind of bulldozes in and is yeah. like, we did it. And then like months later, China puts out a paper being like, we've been doing this for two years. Yeah. You know? So anyway... Most of these chimeras are just like very early stage embryos, okay? In that you take some human stem cells and you sort of stick them onto like extremely early chimpanzee or other non-human primate embryos. Just kind of see what happens. And then let them divide a little bit more and kind of mix in together a little bit. And then they sort of stop them pretty early on in the process. So thus far, no chimp human babies in China. Uh, yes. Okay. Definitely not. But that also, we know of. Also, like, it's before, like, the fetal stage and everything like that. Right, so, okay. And then there's no guarantee that they would survive for very long anyway. Right. So, okay, so all the questions I want to ask, like, what do they look like? And do they speak Chinese? Do they speak, <laughs> like, like, what are they doing? Yeah, <laughs> excellent question. So, ignoring for a second both your questions yeah. and then the other, like, more real like, ethical questions. Yeah, like, uh, bad idea? Question <laughs> mark? Yeah. The idea behind why anyone would pretend like there's a good reason to do this right. is for the creation of more accurate models for studying human diseases. Oh, okay. Okay. So, for example, a lot of neurological diseases in humans yeah. are very difficult to study in the model organisms we like to use, like right. mice or something. Yeah, Because their different. brains are pretty different from ours. Okay. And in cases where we have some kind of feeling about, like, the genetics of that disease, like, for example, in some people's families, Alzheimer's kind of runs in the family. Right. Okay? So could you take cells from somebody in one of those families, make a little chimp cell hybrid kind of thing, and then just in a dish, not with anything being born, but in a dish, kind of study how those neurons develop or something like that? Okay? Now... Again. Look at you trying to pretend like you're not just going to grow a whole human with a neurological disorder. <laughs> but part chimp, so it's okay. So th- there are already disastrous ethical complications here. Yeah, there's a little bit. Including yeah. a lot of complications that even come up without the chimp part. Okay, right. Because there are some people... There, there's an entire area of biology surrounding what are called organoids. Yeah. And organoids are things like if you take some stem cells and make them into kidney cells and then make like a little tiny sort of kidney-ish thing in a dish to study kidney diseases or whatever. But what if it's a brain? What collection of neurons does it take? Constitutes thought or consciousness. Right, Right. exactly. And we don't know that. Right. And there are people trying to make brain organoids. Yeah. 
That's some freaky shit. That's already some freaky stuff. Yeah. Without mixing in the chimpanzee part. I think each neuron has like one ten thousandth of a soul. <laughs> oh, so you need ten thousand of them to equal one soul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just so math. It's not a problem then. Right? You got like eight of them? That's not a soul yet. Well, why is it not a problem? There's definitely 10,000 of them. Okay, more than that. <laughs> like, these are loose numbers, Sean. Wow. Okay, so is the is the mixing... What I don't get, is the mixing the chimp with a human then just to make you feel a little better? Because, I mean, if you could just get human cells, would that be the best... I mean, that wouldn't even be a model organism anyway. Is that just better? I think the idea, hypothetically, again, yeah. would be that the chimp cells would provide the development process oh. to kind of help form, you know, these really early organoids okay. in like a natural development of an embryo. Why can't you just do that with a human? Like with a human baby? Yeah, in without without the chimp like, like, stuff. Like, oh, why because can't you just I do don't it? think we can do that to people. Oh. Like we can't we can't like take <laughs> that that's that's basically like doing reproductive cloning. Right. Into, you know, a woman's uterus. Okay. To then take out that fetus part of the way through pregnancy and right. study it. I'm glad we said this out loud, though. We're not allowed to do any of that shit. Right, right, but we could do it to chimps. I mean, I, that, that's not sarcastic. It's just like, we could do that to chimps. Or at least, I guess, in, in China, <laughs> maybe you could do that to chimps. Yeah, I guess I should have taken a huge step back. There's a lot of people that think that we shouldn't do any of this to any non-human primates. Right. Including chimps. Yeah. Okay. And in fact, in the United States of America... We would not be allowed to do this study. Right. Chimpanzees are already on a list of like, if you're doing a study with a chimp, you need to have a really good excuse to keep doing it. Right. And to start a study on a chimp, you need to have an extremely good reason to start a study. Yeah. We basically phased them more or less out. So this is China exclusive. I mean, there might be some other places in the world. Where you could like, happily do it, but this is where we also got the infrastructure. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Well. I mean, not cool. Yeah. But like, kind of cool, right? Like, uh, I mean, like no, it's like, I it's like, like it. complicated, cool. I don't like it. Yeah, yeah. I think we should just not do it. Okay, well, anyway, I mean, but that answers the initial question I had, which is like, why do it with the chimp at all? Is to maintain at least some semblance of morality, where we're not like literally just experimenting on humans at this point. We're not like forcing and subjugating humans to give birth to like, to like test subjects. Where we're right, just okay. getting chimps to do it. Right. And and then the human cells, that cloning part of it is just so that like the the organoids that result from this half pregnant chimp mama um fetus uh is is, you know, like maybe better for our developmental studies. Yes. But even is that true? Like I mean like do chimps actually are their brains close enough that they even would usefully suffer from the same neurological disorders? We don't know. Okay, but worth a shot, I guess. I mean, but you don't even think so. Like, in China, maybe, worth a shot. I would venture to say yeah. that many, many, many Chinese scientists also do not think it's worth a shot. Right, 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 right. So I think China's that, a big country. You shouldn't paint such a wide brush. So my memory of when this study came out was most people were like, oh, gee, should you have done that? Yeah, right? let's, let's take, like, two steps back. Bad idea, we think. <laughs> Okay, I mean, we're flipping on this pod, but I'm starting to, like, blush a little bit, because I feel like, you know, we, we, we have a lot of coarse language. <laughs> Sounds like a rough one. We don't like it. And also, many scientists don't like it across <laughs> the world. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is one study. <laughs> it does not constitute <laughs> a normative position <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what else do I need to say? 
Uh, oh Lord. God. Uh, let's just get out of here. Let's okay. get out of it. Okay. okay. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna take a break and then maybe reset. Maybe just end the show. <laughs> Hard reset. And when when we come back. We're going to finish with a section on basically the Jurassic Park of yeah, yeah, yeah. The de-extinction of genes and animals that yeah. are like fully extinct. Yeah. Right? Okay. Well, well to, to quote you, Jesus, what a can of worms. <laughs> yeah. We got to... Oh, we got to cool down. I'm so hot right now. Wow, that was a terrible... That was a terrible... It's just you find did. yourself saying some, some, some flippant stuff that I didn't even fully understand the implications of the whole, whole the, the mama chimp situation. And then I realized, I was like, oh my God. Yeah. I'm like in deeper on this than like I'm happy about. Yeah. It's like you don't realize you're in quicksand and like you're about to die. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ooh, Nelly. <laughs> Suddenly your mouth is under and you're like, uh-oh. I don't want to experiment chips at all. All right. Yes, so <laughs> let's get out of here. Let's go to a break. The following is an actual advertisement. This is the Bold Scientist Podcast, where we talk about science, from the factual to the fictional and sometimes a bit of both. With me, your host, Dr. One R. Pagan. For more information, please go to allscientist.com. Talk to you soon. Thank you. So, Jurassic Park, de-extinction. I love the dodo. I want to bring it back for my Dodo Park. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Florida, baby. Panhandle. Okay, so how do I make Dodo Park happen? Well, I right. guess how is what we discussed in the last episode. Well, it kind of, kind be. of. So I think you have yeah. a good point, though, right. which is that, like, we've done some de-extinction stuff for, like, a hundred years. Right. Okay? It just kind of depends on what you count as de-extincting something. Okay? Right, we just talked about kind of the definitional problems with the species. Right, and they really come to a head with de-extinction. So, for example, the aurochs, yeah. right, which are like the... the big uh, boys. Yeah, they're like these uh, kind of cow... These cow guys. <laughs> the big cow! <laughs> the cow guys. The big cow guys. And they had huge horns, right? And they're yeah. thought to be sort of like the precursors to a lot of the European cattle. Yeah, okay? we killed them. Yeah. They're dead. Yeah. They're gone. They're out of here. But we miss cow guys. Uh, but like they, they died out in like I think like the 1600s or something like that. People okay. don't appreciate how much shit we killed before the Industrial Revolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we were good at it for a long time. Yeah, we've been like, wiping out shit for a while. There were giant, ah, giant eagles in New Zealand, dude. Maori killed them with like fucking fists, right? <laughs> 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 His fucking <laughs> just like Dwayne the Rock John just beating the shit out of birds. <laughs> um. So. In an attempt to bring aurochs back, yeah. Okay, in the 1920s, some scientists were like, "Can't we just take a bunch of different kinds of cow and selectively breed them, not to make some kind of better cow for milking or something, yeah, but to try to make a cow more like an aurochs, right? Like, can't we use the same selective breeding process right. to try to make some big ass horns and like you know, kind of more massive hulking bulls and stuff like that? Sure." Right? And they gave it a shot and have resulted in sort of breeds of cattle that are more similar to aurochs. That's cool. I think one of them is called the Keck cattle or something like that. Keck! <laughs> so cool, right? That's neat. Yeah. 
you know, when you look at that cattle, then you're like, yeah. maybe that looks like an orc, but like that doesn't feel the same as an orc, right. right? Like we didn't do any like fancy science shit to try to like bring back an orc. It's just like, right. It's a facsimile of an orc. We had a lot of things fucking, and they became semi orc like, right? right? And so there's people who are doing the same sort of thing with like passenger pigeons, which right. died out and things, right? Yeah. So like, that's cool. That's fine. Right. But, but that, somehow it feels a little different, and we're talking about cool science right now. Right. And you know, also not everything we want to bring back has a bunch of different breeds or subspecies or species that we can breed together to try to get those characteristics back, right? right? You know, like, we can't bring back dinosaurs by having chickens over and over again. Yeah. Sometimes it's not possible to do backbreeding. Yes. And for that, people are actively using the somatic cell nuclear transfer cloning nice. technology that we've been talking about, okay? Is it, you say it's called backbreeding? Yes. Nice. <laughs> I was going to try to sneak in there with a missionary joke, but but you were too fast. <laughs> 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 Great. Great. Sometimes backbreeding's not enough. Yes. Sometimes you gotta eat that dick. You know, your <laughs> <laughs> <the> mouth. What? <laughs> <laughs> no one's gonna raise the success rate of breeding that way. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> if you have good DNA around, yeah. Then you can try to do the SCNT cloning process, right? Okay. And so that's what people are trying to do currently with the Bucarda, the oh. Spanish Ibex. I miss right? those, yeah. Now, we mentioned this effort in the last episode. The Pyrenees. Yes. People who remember will remember that the outcome of uh, was a successful production of a zygote. Yeah. They did that part well. There was a successful implantation of that zygote, a successful pregnancy, and then the birth of sort of like... The resurrected Spanish ibex. Cool. Which died pretty much immediately. Right. Because its lungs were deformed. Bummer. Okay. That is sad. That That's is why sad. you could use some of those anal oxygen enemas I was talking about in a previous episode for astute listeners. I don't think. It's <laughs> <laughs> so like fisting with oxygen. It'd be alive! They're not going to bring an entire species back. <laughs> That's reliant on... Like, you think you can't find one Spanish guy who just keeps like fucking oxygen fisting? Just wandering around the Pyrenees. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, bam! <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. 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 I'm sure that they're still trying this cloning thing. Okay. Right. It isn't clear if the lung issue was a cloning problem or bad luck. Right. But if it is a cloning problem, they probably need to do a lot more work to try to erase some of the epigenetic marks on the donor nucleus. Yeah. That's a lot of science that we haven't fully worked out yet. Right. That donor DNA was actually from a Spanish ibex that was frozen and preserved Whoa. after it died in the year 2000. Smart. Okay. So these guys only went extinct recently. Right. Okay. But we want to do, like, woolly mammoths is a big one, right? And those fuckers went extinct a long time ago. Right. DNA is pretty solid when it's from the year 2000, but definitely it goes bad over time. And even frozen, it will go bad over time. Okay? So, right. like, straight up, somatic cell nuclear transfer may not be doable for a lot of the things that we want to de-extinct. Like, maybe most of the things we want to de-extinct. So, how do we de-extinct woolly mammoths, then? Right. So, we may need to be mixing their DNA with currently existing species. Okay. okay. So in this case, what we really are talking about at this point is make, creating a hybrid species, right. right? More so than bringing back a real, genuine, right. original extinct species. A wolephant, if you will, or an oliphant. Uh oh. <laughs> Wait, what? They're used by the evil man of Hadra against the man of Gondor. <laughs> yeah, but then you can surf them and stuff like that. That's, that's true. That's, that's what true. I learned from Legolas. Dude, woolly surfing's gonna be fucking bad. It's gonna be a bad idea. So. What's clear is that 
for things that are kind of older, that have been extinct for longer. Yeah. We're going to be mixing DNA. We're going to be creating hybrid species, not bringing back the original thing. Does it make sense to de-extinct stuff that old at all? Mm. Okay. In some cases, the extinct species lived in a habitat or ecosystem that no longer exists. Right. right? Or it might be trying to fill a niche in that ecosystem that's occupied by some other animal that exists now. Yeah. In which case, what the f*** is the point right. of doing that? I right. mean, woolly mammoths are interesting, though, right? Because, I mean, wouldn't they... If you actually had a lot of woolly mammoths, wouldn't they, like, radically reshape, like, Siberia? Hey, Nathan, why are you such a cutie boy? Oh, I handsome. Do. That's the point I was getting to. Oh. So, first thing, let me say, yeah. is that in some cases, a local extinction of some kind of animal can cause an ecosystem to really drastically change in a negative way, right? right Such right. that reintroducing that species might be able to help that ecosystem and bolster biodiversity, right. right? And so a classic example of that is in Yellowstone and the wolves, yeah. right? Because wolves and humans kind of butt heads a lot, right? Yeah. So wolves were hunted to extinction in Yellowstone. Right. And in a lot of places, but especially in Yellowstone. And what happened was that the kinds of animals you found in the park changed a lot. Yeah. Like you got a lot more elk, because even though there are other things that can eat elk... Wolves were, like, the main predator taking down elk. Yeah. And the elk were eating a lot of specific kinds of plants. Right. And eating those plants meant that there was, like, fewer willow trees for beavers to dam up. And, like, all kinds right. of shit. Right. That, like, trickled out, right? Yeah. And then they took some wolves and reintroduced them to Yellowstone. They kind elsewhere. equaled shit back out. Yeah, by a lot. And you started to see a lot of biodiversity kind of like rebound in Yellowstone. Yeah. We were lucky in that case because wolves were only locally extinct, right? There are yeah. wolves in other fucking places. We could just bring them over. Right. I I, I'm not sure if it's wolves or bears, but I know in like Idaho, I think they're already passing or the Republican legislatures there are considering passing laws to reopen hunting on a lot of those species because ranchers are all pissed off about it. Although it's one of those classic things where statistically it seems like it's not like you lose a lot of cattle to wolf attacks these days, but, you know, it's kind of part of the myth of, like, anti-federal attitudes in the American West. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's wolves. I feel like I heard that yeah. in science news stuff right. because they're lamenting the fact that these state governments are kind of, like, turning back the clock in terms of what we figured out for yeah. wolves being useful. Well, I mean, did the scientists think they were safe? They were at Animal Farm? <laughs> First they came for the wolves, you know? Yes. Yeah. That example is maybe how something like a woolly mammoth could be useful. Okay, okay, right. Because elephants in general are ecosystem engineers. We talked about them right. as one of the examples in our ecosystem engineer right. episode. They go pop, pop, pop through the forest, making paths and some other stuff. Right. And <laughs> a lot of times not even in forests, right? right? But in grasslands at the edge of forests. Right. And actually, elephants are really good at fucking up forests. Right. And in that process, changing the ecosystem, creating more like kind of like brushland and like bush areas and stuff like that. Right. So they really significantly can shape the environment. Wait, is that a thing we want right now? What? Fewer forest? Yeah. Well, but see, what they might do to like the tundra right. or something could help increase biodiversity and like shrub growth and things like that in the tundra right and might be able to increase the amount of carbon that can be stored there you put in more woolly mammoths they stampede russians yes russia becomes safer yes right 100 percent. yeah <laughs> that that is what we're thinking <laughs> um okay now again we did just not that long ago say that we can't actually bring back woolly mammoths right, right? like that's not really this possible is just some, just some like punk ass bitch elephant 
that we can genetic engineer a little bit to have like hair and shit. I don't, I don't know if we can call any elephant a punk ass bitch. <laughs> they're, all, they're all pretty impressive. But like what George Church's lab at Harvard is doing. Cool. George Church, he's a pretty big deal. Okay, he's really? A pretty big deal guy. Yeah. Church George. He was important uh, with like the Human Genome Project and uh, synthetic biology stuff and okay. CRISPR and all kinds of stuff. He's a pretty important dude. All right. Anyway. He's heading a project in his lab where basically they've taken a bunch of different mammoth genes. Because at this point, we do have like, you know, it's not a complete mammoth genome, but we like got some pretty good pieces in there. Nice. They've taken some of those genes and they put them into Asian elephant cells. Sexy. To basically replace those kind of matching genes in the Asian elephant genome with the mammoth version. Okay. Okay. And so right now, it sounds like what they're doing in that lab is they're studying those cells in like a Petri dish. Yeah, okay. To see kind of what the impact of those changes are. So they're not cloning them yet. Right. But that is the plan, is after introducing what they think are enough of these changes, with the specific goal of making it so that the Asian elephant can survive in colder climates. Yeah. They're going to try to basically create a new hybrid species an asian elephant that has woolly fur that has more sort of fat deposit subcutaneous fat deposits right that has sort of like an altered circulatory system so they can survive in places like the tundra and then begin the process of like gradually cool. reintroducing them so we're really we're kind of just making a new species just i mean not from scratch obviously but we're kind of just making a new species right it's so not really woolly mammoth it's kind of like george's mammoth right so part of the concept becomes instead of de-extincting a species de-extincting genes right so the idea is like there are genes that have died out either from species that still exist or from species that are completely gone yeah but those genes might have useful characteristics they might be something that could help an elephant survive in colder climates or it might be a gene that could help wheat survive in higher salinity areas or something right and so the idea then with the cloning and genetic engineering would be let's grab these genes that have gone extinct but were potentially useful today and let's introduce them and create hybrid right. species so is Putin like down with this i mean like doesn't <laughs> uh, russia have to want to i don't do know this if anyone point? has asked russia yeah, yeah, yeah um i mean i don't want to be one of them sovereignty guys but like canada's probably chill with it right Canada's chill with it they got some areas where wet mammoths could march around right i feel like someone talked to the first nations about it I bet Justin Trudeau's down, but like, it's like. I feel like the First Nations would be like very happy to see like giant. When's the last time they were mammoths? Like, how many tens of thousands of years ago? A bunch of them. Yeah, well, I'm just wondering. (laughs) I mean, like, do First Nation peoples in North America even correspond with woolly mammoths being alive still? Oh, I don't know. I mean, we should ask permission first. Okay, I'm not saying okay. don't I'm, do I'm, it. Well, I'm, I don't want to be presumptuous. I'm just saying okay. we don't we don't have to wait for Putin to agree to okay, it. Okay. There, there are maybe some like lower hanging fruit. I in see. Terms of, like, just like, in, like in northern Mongolia, just like <laughs> look around, no one's looking, just like release a bunch of mammoths. Like, Get in there, boy. I think I think the first idea actually would be to have them be in zoos that have Asian elephants. Right. Because that'd be part of the birthing program anyway. Right. right? And some of those zoos are kind of in higher latitudes. So you can kind of see how it pans out. Yeah, because as it turns out, Asian elephants can like survive okay during the winter in some places where it snows. Oh, okay. And they like they like to play in the snow a little bit, but they can't stay outside for too long. Right. So you could do like little experiments where it's like, oh, do the woolly mammoth kids like to hang out in the snow for a little bit longer and stuff yeah. like that? It actually sounds kind of cute. I, yeah. I would watch a cam of like a little woolly hybrid elephant like rolling around in snow. You'd watch a cam with a lot of things though. 
<laughs> uh, that's great. Okay, well, uh, okay. <laughs> KO. Yeah. So, K- they just KO'd the episode, I think. <laughs> that, that is the end of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, uh, that was a roller coaster. I don't know if it was for you, but it was for us. Um, a, lot of, a lot of pitfalls, and we fell at them. Uh, <laughs> you know, I just want to apologize to our listeners. Uh, you know, I don't always appreciate <laughs> the implications of my words <laughs> or the things that we discuss on this pod. And uh, I'm, I'm glad whoever's still here is here. You know. All right, let's say let's say thank you to Stacy Song, our sound lord and engineer and animator. Yeah, thank you, Stacy. <laughs> just gonna have to liberally cut things. <laughs> thank you, Brian, for art. We have a Twitter account, at Dish Podcast. We have a Gmail account, PetriDishPod at gmail.com. And a Patreon account, patreon.com slash PetriDish. Thank you, guys. Uh, uh, sorry again, and thank you again. <laughs> Please come back next time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no more cloning. <laughs>